Howdy, folks, and thanks for tuning into the fifth episode of Rediscover the Winds, a Wyoming history podcast, and the third episode of our Women's History Month mini-series. I'm one of your hosts, Kirsten Belisle. And I'm Zach Larson. Both Kirsten and I are collections managers turned sit-down comedians for the Fremont County Museum System located in the heart of West Central Wyoming. Our county museum system has three museums in it. The Riverton Museum, where Zach works, the Fremont County Pioneer Museum in Lander, and the Dubois Museum and Wind River Historical Center, where I work. All of our museums focus on telling the stories of early frontier life with a mix of Native American heritage, natural history, and general regional history. Using artifacts from our three museums, interviews with experts, and a load of historical research, we're here to rediscover, and in some cases, discover, <laughs> the quirky, the heart-wrenching, the fascinating history of Fremont County, Wyoming, and the American West. We're coming to you from the middle of a rugged, sparsely populated, high-altitude sagebrush desert, the native habitat of the wily but elusive jackalope, a terrain that can't be tamed, but can become home to those with the gumption to make it. The topics we talk about are the things right outside our back doors. Last week, we talked about Esther Hobart Morris, the woman from Peru who would eventually become the United States' first female justice of the peace. And when I say Peru, I mean Peru, Illinois. On this week's episode, we're looking at the life of a woman who came to the middle of the Wyoming to the middle of Wyoming to save her husband's life, apparently wanting a home where the buffalo roam, where the deer and the antelope play. They managed to eke out a comfortable living, saw a town spring up around them, and then saw that same town wither and virtually die three decades later. Dun, dun, dun. Anyway, that woman, of course, is Beulah Laughlin. Born in 1909 in Elm Creek, Nebraska, she would grow up to marry Samuel Walker, a World War I veteran whose health was badly impacted by his military service. Sam had been gassed during the war, and that left him with weak lungs. His doctor thought that unless he left the humidity of the Midwest and relocated somewhere high and dry, he would be lucky to live another six months. Sam and his brother went as soon as they could to Cheyenne to look at homestead records and found one near Green Mountain that had been filed and relinquished because the original homesteaders couldn't make it go. They filed in November of 1930 and had six months to relocate. They sold or gave away almost all of their possessions, loaded up what was left into their Model T, and moved to the Bear Prairie. They arranged to buy a 12-by-20-foot cabin from a nearby homestead for $75, labeled each log and disassembled it, then reassembled it Lincoln Log style and filled in the cracks. They got set up and moved their two young children in by mid-April, just in time for a heavy spring snowstorm. With no water nearby, they then set to dig a well. Working as hard as they could until their hands bled, they dug a well and were lucky enough to hit water at just 17 feet. Beulah did most of the lifting with a rope and a bucket, and Sam went into the well and put dirt in, and sand into the bucket. After a few years in the homestead, U.S. Highway 789 came right past the homestead that the walkers had named Home on the Range. With the help of an entrepreneur in Rollins, they installed gas pumps and began selling snacks and soft drinks to travelers. Just before World War II, the closest post office at Split Rock closed, so Beulah began taking in mail for nearby ranchers. In 1949, winter storms became so severe that they nearly completely buried the homestead cabin at home on the range. Beulah and her husband woke up not knowing what time or day it was because the snow completely blocked their view of the outside. Feeling woozy, they dug their way out of their front door and just in time allowed fresh air back into their home because otherwise they would have suffocated because of all the snow. It's worth mentioning at this time that they decided to name their little homestead Home on the Range. Thought it would be a fitting name for a place on the Bear Prairie. 
and that's really just the beginning of their story. Inspired by a huge uranium discovery just north of the homestead, well, about 30 miles north, Bob Adams, uh, a man from Rollins, located uranium nearby in the early 1950s and secured a milling contract from the Atomic Energy Commission. His company, Lost Creek Oil and Uranium, later renamed Western Nuclear, built a town around the mill, which opened in 1957. In honor of one of his company's major financers, Adams named his town Jeffrey City, much to the dismay of Mrs. Walker, who continued to hold or handle the region's mail free of charge. Some stories suggest that when mail arrived with an address for Jeffrey City, she returned it to sender as undeliverable. Eventually, the company won out. She relinquished her postmistress duties, and the company relocated the post office to the recreation hall of Jeffrey City proper. The town that sprung up out of nowhere around Home on the Range went through the typical cycles of expansion and contraction that happens to mining towns. In the 1970s, however, the town grew very quickly. It hit a peak population of around 5,000 in 1980. It also had almost anything you could hope for. A bowling alley, movie theater, hardware stores, grocery stores, a medical clinic, a dentist office... At some point, Sam passed away and Bueller remarried. They grew to enjoy having the town close by and even sold some of her original homestead to the company for it to expand the town's services. Man, a movie theater, hardware store, grocery store? Some of the towns in Wyoming don't even have that today, no, and it's it 2019. It's the third largest town in the county. Dang. Now it's Dubois, Lander, and Riverton. Yeah, in that order. In that order. So in 1979, the incident at Three Mile Island set off a chain reaction. And Three Mile Island was a nuclear plant out on the East Coast. And that is pun intended. Pun intended? Yes, pun intended. Okay. Like new chain reaction? Uh... <laughs> the incident at Three Mile Island set off a chain reaction. Pun intended. I get it now. Yeah, I, didn't, I don't know how I didn't see that one coming. Sit down comedians, remember? That's right. We don't even know how funny we are. But um, That's how funny we are. <laughs> the Three Mile Island incident uh, was a nuclear meltdown at an atomic power plant, and it basically destroyed what little confidence the, United, uh, the American public still had in nuclear power. As a result, Jeffrey City lost 95% of its residents by about 1983, and very quickly things went back to how they were when the walkers first came to the Split Rock area. Once again, Beulah grew accustomed to living out her life in the beautiful, stark solitude of central Wyoming. Away to the west, the sun sinks to rest. It has turned the mountaintop to gold. The fading light reveals to sight pictures no artist has painted or told. I can see today not far away the bulk of old green mountain, while on her breast from east to west pine trees is sprayed from a fountain. Yet on the west of my eyes should rest, behold Crook's Peak in its glory, while at her feet run streamlets sweet, to drink from them none are sorry. I will not want to lock memory of split rock in my mind's pictures later to unfold. In future years, no doubt with tears, yet comfort from memory cannot be sold. Running lazily, twisting crazily, is the well-known Sweetwater River, running in between this peaceful scene to water God's creatures forever. I've watched and I know the beautiful doe, the coyote, the sage hen, horses and cattle, all quench their thirst, whether last or first, plenty for all, no need to battle. Many flowers bloom in this valley room. I have bouquets in my album. Many each petal clear holds a memory dear to remind me of this earthly heaven. That was Beulah herself reading some of her poetry that she wrote during her life in Wyoming. 
And that marks the end of this episode and another Wyoming story. Thanks for sticking with us through the fifth episode of Rediscover the Winds, a Wyoming history podcast. If you liked what you heard today, like us on Facebook at Rediscover the Winds, a Wyoming history podcast. We post pictures of people, places, and things we talk about in episodes. And if we are clever enough, we might actually post some more snippets of the oral histories from the people we talk about. If you've already followed us on Facebook, thank you. Your support means the world to us. We hope you guys get the chance to visit our museums and attend some of our, our museum's upcoming events. And we have several more podcast episodes planned for you guys, including another, well, we have one more mini episode for the month of March, where we'll continue to discuss and celebrate women's history in Wyoming and the American West. Thanks again for listening to this Wyoming History Podcast. I'm your host, Zach, from the Riverton Museum. And I'm Kirsten from the Dubois Museum. And we look forward to continuing this adventure to rediscover the winds with you next time.